You just posed a question to me, Justin, and I am uh, desperately interested in the context for why you asked. And you just said to me just moments ago, just what do you think of Taylor Swift? Yeah. And so there, it's interesting. There are some legally, like I'm legally obligated to say I love her. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. Because uh, my girlfriend will uh, kill me. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. If I don't, uh, let me say, let me say this. I like some of the hits specifically. I like some of the older hits. Um, I, I like less of her newer stuff, um, but I also haven't get, I haven't like given it enough of a fair shot, like shake to really know, you know what I mean? But I generally, um, just with my music tastes, I generally don't love, uh, and this is going to sound so pretentious. It's fine. I generally don't love like the like super mega big acts because mm. I feel like it's for the same reason why like you know I like a I like a Marvel movie <laughs> yeah yeah but I I don't know if like it can get as deep as I would want it to get you know what I mean or as personal or as specific as I would want it to get in the way that like um like like an indie movie can you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. so I ask you because <laughs> Peter I am a verified Taylor Swift fan right now. <laughs> Oh, are you really? Yeah, I don't know what that means. Um, but uh, she released uh, like a slew of new tour dates um, mm. for uh, like some U.S., but also like Canada and Toronto. Um, so they have another uh, next year. So like next October and November, um, they have the concert uh, in Indianapolis, uh, New Orleans and Florida. And of course, Ontario, Toronto. Uh, wait, no, no. Toronto, Ontario. Wait a second. Ontario? Tor- Toronto is the city. Toronto, Ontario, Ontario is, the is the state. There we go. Yes. Um, so uh, in, in an effort to um, help the odds of getting tickets, both Claire and myself and probably some other people. Yeah, and and, and her mom her mom and, and stepdad are also um, verified fans, so we can increase those odds. But here's the good news. The mm. hope is that... Um, uh, I will. I would be able to go to the concert if if it in fact does happen. So when you say you're a verified fan of of, of Miss Swift, <laughs> yeah, um, Taylor. She told me to call her Taylor. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. Y- you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, are you like? Are you actually, or are is this just <laughs> what you need to be on Spotify in order to get those early tickets? It's it's, it's what you have to do to be in the queue to get tickets for yeah. the concert because you remember Ticketmaster basically had a meltdown. The last. Here's what's insane, dude. Let me like let me talk about Ticketmaster for one second here. <laughs> Ticketmaster has a like chokehold on the entertainment industry and is the worst service on the face of the planet. Yeah, it shits the bed every single time an artist that is going to sell a stadium tour it, it announces their tour. Like it, it, they they can't figure out how to do it. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's, it's just like why, and you think they would would work on fixing it, but they it doesn't matter. They're still selling it. They're still getting their cut of it. Whatever, because so well, they, they know don't they care. know they yeah. can. You know? Um, and like when the first round of tickets were initially released, it like literally was a f- like almost an entire work day endeavor for my wife to try to get tickets. Yes, and she was like uh, one of the verified fans. She was in the queue. She was waiting all day, following the stuff that she needed to do. And still, after all of that, she initially didn't even get tickets to that. Um, but fortunately, one of her friends also did because they had a big group trying to get tickets for everyone. But it was like a mess. So um, at this point, she's already been to two of the concerts, though. So she is. Gotcha. She's 
She's it, like she's not only a verified fan, she's a certified verified fan. You know what I mean? I'm gonna say she's a certified verified mega fan. Mega fan, certified verified me- mega fan. Yeah. So, so if if you are a verified fan, Justin, what's your favorite era? Uh, you're asking you're asking the real questions here. Yeah, um, I'm I mean, not, with your favorite era. Yeah, I'm not I'm not googling anything um, uh, at all. Uh, uh, let's see here. Um, so so it, it, listener, you don't know Justin like I do. Uh, you might kind of. Because you may have listened to 154 <laughs> hours of us shooting the shit. Um, Justin, like, full stop, does not listen to music. No, no. <laughs> like, like, his Spotify rap says, you've listened to four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and generally, when I listen to music, I will just, because remember, I use YouTube music, folks, not yeah, Spotify. Yep, That's, yep. That, all, that should let you know right there. Um, I, like, just have a super mix going. And like whatever's on there is what my music is that I listen sure. to. I never go off the super mix. Um, when this summer I was with the high schoolers in Phoenix, uh, yeah. they kept requesting songs. So let's just say my super mix has gotten a little different um, sure. recently. Sure. Uh, and I'm trying to get it back to what it was, but I don't know how the algorithm works. So, yeah, I'm not a huge like like music person to begin with. But I do have to say, um, being married to someone who is into music you just hear the music playing in the house a lot so like yeah you're i'm familiar with what she is familiar with and then sometimes i'll be like humming a song and she's like oh my god you know this song and i'm like yeah i guess you're i hear you playing it um so i would say like to be honest like just listening to the kind of stuff i think probably <laughs> the album i've heard the most of like in general has been uh midnights which is the one that just came out i don't know why it just feels like it was more in the pop culture when i was like listening to stuff Um, sure but like if you do know um we did uh we did in fact do our our first dance to a a taylor swift song oh i i i i was very familiar because uh my girlfriend was very excited yeah so uh, (laughs) so now now it is now it is your idea too and like it to be honest like it just kind of like it was one of those things like it, like when we were going through the songs there was a couple songs to pick from and it just I, I felt like that song fit perfectly it wasn't like she was like here are three taylor swift songs it was like she like had a bunch of songs that we were like talking about it just kind of fit um it was an incredible first first dance song which remind me of the song oh lover i thought you were like okay, remi- no, i thought, no, I thought, I I thought did, you said it reminded me of a song lover yeah no no, yeah. no. That was I'll be I'll be honest with you. That was a test. Oh, okay. Um. So the song. Okay, and this is this is my super mix story. Um, I, I after that song, after it played, like after the wedding, I was like, whenever I hear this song, like in the wild, I'm gonna listen to the whole thing, mm-hmm. just because like it'll be a nice it'll be a nice way yeah. every time like remember it. But then you heard how I listed a music, right? Yes. The super mix, which tends the to play mix. the songs that you like. And yeah. it keeps playing those songs. So, so it got to the point when the first again. song that came into the car every morning was Lover. And I was like, I like this song, but like, I don't feel like this is the vibe every morning going to work for the whole song. Um, so then I only listened to the first up until the first chorus and then I, I would change it. Um, and now it's not number one on my super mix anymore. So that's <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy for you. If you were curious, uh, I would, would probably say that I am. Uh, either a fearless man or a red man. Um, I think that the song All Too Well, the 10-minute version, is um, one of the greatest songs ever written, and I do believe that, and I will stand by that. Uh, I would say it's probably in the... If I had to guess, just eyeballing it, probably top 100 songs ever written, and coming close, it's probably not number 100. Yeah, because... But you know what... 
Number What's one that? is Photograph by Nickelback. No, number one, I'm not kidding, is um, Two Weeks by Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, <laughs> Welcome back to Hitbox episode 154. It's been <laughs> uh, one week is what it's called. Not two weeks. I'm an idiot. It's fine. Um, it's fine. We'll, we, we can fix that in post. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to actually, to be entirely honest with you, I was really trying to focus on how I was going to how I was going to get us back to Hitbox. Uh, <laughs> so I just didn't didn't uh, didn't think it there. Uh, my name is Peter Hunspitzek. Joining me as always is my wonderful friend and co-host Justin Makovich. Justin, how are you? What's going on? You living life? You doing well? I'm, I'm living life uh, to the fullest, as what you could say. I'm to that point in the summer where. I, I was waking up early because I'm like, I got to get the most out of my summer. So I'd wake up like nice and early. I'd wake up before my alarm at like five o'clock, get a cup of coffee, do something on my computer for a little bit that I wanted to do, go for a run. It was like eight o'clock by the time I was done with all this stuff. It was lovely. Now I'm just sleeping to like eight, nine, ten o'clock. <laughs> and I like I can't I can't stop it. I can't stop myself. I uh, tried to sleep in on Sunday. I tr- like I had a Sunday morning that was free, which never happens for me. Uh, I tried to sleep in, woke up at six and then eight thirty. So that was um, just fine for me. Uh, I- I've been taking morning walks right now. I started a new mm. job, so I'm like waking up early, getting like I'm trying to like be present. If you notice, I'm like dressed. Yeah. Like I like I'm wear like I'm wearing like what I would consider adult pants yep. right now. Um, so like. Yeah, I've been, I've been working on that. But when I woke up this morning, you know, there was cold, but something about it felt like home somehow, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> Justin, I, we could talk about Taylor Swift all day. Maybe we should start a podcast for two men who don't. Yeah, two really men who aren't much about like the, the most like in touch Taylor Swift fans talk about Taylor Swift. What could we call uh, that podcast? I'll say this. Uh, maybe we should just make a podcast of us reciting details about Taylor Swift that we know. Yeah. Elena has told me so many things about this woman. I've yeah. memorized them all oh, um, okay. because I'm a good partner. Um, but we're going to talk about video game news. Here's a quick preview of what's coming up. Rockstar gives disappointing Red Dead Redemption news. Square Enix is disappointed with Final Fantasy 16 sales. And The Last of Us actors are rep- reprising their roles kind of don't get too excited is what i'm trying to say we're going to talk about all that news and more before we do here's a reminder to hop into our discord server the link to that is in the description of this episode support us on patreon if you're feeling monetarily generous that's patreon.com slash hitbox pod become a one dollar podcast producer or a three dollar deluxe podcast producer like jay Knoll, like dave parker every single week Jane Noll and dave parker are getting a 30 minute additional bonus episode on the patreon stream um not stream like it's like you like the podcast app you know what i'm saying yeah um and for the month of august we're doing an additional 30 we're doing two bonus shows to make up for the the time that justin was gone um so if you're interested in that three dollars a month we'll get you that you can join their ranks um that would make us very happy help us keep the lights on for the show uh if not all good you can follow us on twitter at hitbox pod uh and and make sure to rate our podcast in your podcast player of choice that would that would do us kindly that would do us well is what i'm trying to say um 
Justin, enough with that, though. You want to you wanna go to the Metacritic Roundup? Let's go! Metacritic Roundup. Uh, two games in the Metacritic Roundup. The first is Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, this is... <laughs> Shocking? Uh, no, I think I think this is expected. Is it's entirely it, okay, 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 yes. okay, okay. Uh, so far, it is only out on PC. It's coming to PS5 in like a month. Um, but right now, it's only on PC, and it's scored a 95. People are loving this. That said, keep in mind, there are only eight reviews out for it. Review codes went out pretty late, so... Um, uh, outlets haven't had a chance to like really sit down with it and it is a like you could probably put 100 hours into this game this is a D and D game um where uh like it's basically just like playing a video game version of D where you're like rolling skill checks and and doing that that sort of stuff um it looks pretty good in my opinion i know the first two Baldur's gate games um have been pretty well received but uh this game I mean, 95 is, is pretty astounding. Again, there's only eight reviews for it right now. So like as the eight scored reviews, that's that I mean, cause there's 35 total critic reviews. Um, but the large majority of them are just unscored because no one's had the, ch- the chance to like spend a lot of time with it. But, uh, what, what does this say to you, Justin? It's shocking to me. Like, uh, and it's shocking to me, not that the game is good. I think I expected it to be a pretty good game. And if I'm correct, sure. we couldn't draft this in our fantasy because it's been an early access for like ever. There has been an early access for it for a while. Yes. Yeah. So that made it un- uh, like ineligible for us to, to draft it. Um, but knowing what this game is, knowing that it is like a, a tabletop D&D game when you literally see dice checks happen in the middle of it. Uh, I'm shocked that it has become such like the mainstream game the one that's all over social media the one that all the news outlets are reporting about um even like you know you you see all the videos on your you know ign's and vgc's and everything like that are are focused on a lot of Baldur's gate content what's the best build and you see this kind of stuff um i mean i saw it this year specifically with um zelda i think was the big like mainstream game that came out this year, Tears of the mm-hmm. Kingdom, that, you know, everywhere you looked, it was all over social media and like the mainstream social media things. Yeah. Last year, Elden Ring for me was the one that really came out to be like that mainstream game that almost everyone was talking about. Little would I expect Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate to be that next kind of like big everywhere you look game it's coming up on my tiktoks it's coming up on my you know feeds everywhere that i'm looking which is again i think the shocking part of this yeah i think that that it is uniquely positioned because um i think that this game really shows that people uh people want rpgs people want like real role-playing games and like you know there are a lot of like rpgs that come out every year um but like not really. You know what I mean? Like 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 Cyberpunk, right? That was like technically an RPG, right? Like you can make choices and you like built a character and whatever else. But like this is a game that like really really leans into that. Whereas like Cyberpunk I felt like frequently felt embarrassed to be an RPG or like um uh like I was going to say The Witcher as well, but that's I mean also CD Projekt Red. Where it's like like these are like they have light RPG elements, but they're not like about like building a character and playing the role that character is and and like decision making and stuff like that. I, I guess Witcher was more more that. But you know what I'm trying to say like yeah. 
like where you where you can't just be a jack of all trades where like when you make a character you are only you can only do what that character can do and you're not going to end up being able to be excellent at magic and archery and sword fighting and you know like two-handed weapons and like all that sort of stuff like you have to like pick something um so i, I think like the fact that like there's not much else like this right now i think is what is making this so popular first of all and second of all I think people are horny for Dungeons and Dragons, man. <laughs> I think, I think like, <laughs> yeah, like it is, it has had such a rise in popularity. You know what I mean? Uh, I, and I think that's like multifaceted. I think like have, stranger things is popularity. I think really like initially helped Dungeons and Dragons in 2016. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I think just like generally the like deconstruction of like, it's cool to be a nerd now, you know what I mean? And like, you don't have to be like, like you're not going to get, bullied for it i mean it's been a long time that it's been like that but um i think like the really nerdy stuff like this has really started to come into the mainstream and and whatnot but um i watched a bunch of trailers for this this week because i had to i was working on a a project with it for work and i was like this game was not on my radar and i looked at this and i was like oh this looks really cool Uh, i'm probably gonna wait until the ps5 version comes out because um i just don't play a lot of games on my pc but yeah, I'm go. I'm to that point where I literally don't know what to do with the rest of my year and my backlog. It is yeah. it is intensely bad right now and it's going to get worse <laughs> later in this year. Yeah. And I'm just thinking the only two games that need to come out to make it worse are going to be Spider-Man 2 and yep. uh Starfield and both of those yep. games are probably going to take me anywhere from 20 to 1000 hours to beat. <laughs> I did see um Someone say, I think Jordan Midler or Miller, I don't know what is, I think Midler um, from VGC, he tweeted something like, I was really excited to start Baldur's Gate. And then I realized that I'm probably in the single digits of how many days until a Starfield review code comes in for me. So like, nope, I, not sorry. <laughs> you oh, know. Well, first of all, that's awesome. Like if they're really going to be giving that much time for people to review Starfield. I, you would hope, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. If not, but yeah. If if they if they don't, I'm not. It's gonna be hard to trust those reviews. But if they give them a good like two and a half, three weeks, even that's not gonna be enough. But it'll yeah, be a I, good, I, good gesture. I will say something that I do appreciate though is that there are not a lot of critic reviews for this at this point yes. because like yes. it does mean that that publications are are fine with saying take your time, really take it in. You know what I mean? A yeah. lot of reviews and progresses and stuff like that. Um which is, you know, what I think you got to do. But uh, yeah, I, I think that like it does fill me with confidence that eventually we will know we'll be able to see like get get a much more fair slice is what I'm trying to say. But what you were saying. Oh, um, have you played Divinity Original Sin 2? Uh, no. And I bring that up because that's another like pretty like well-respected, highly rated RPG game that is made by the same company um that uh larian studios they're the ones oh, who made cool. Baldur's gate three so i think it's an interesting kind of thing and it's one that i it's always been on my periphery but i was like i don't know if this is the one to play um mm-hmm. but i'm really kind of like excited to play Baldur's gate um i'm interested to see what the ui is because this would seem like a perfect uh backbone game before i go to bed just to like pop it oh, on sure sure um Maybe that new PlayStation uh, portable that's worth two ninety nine or whatever it's going to be is going to actually be the <laughs> Do you thing. See I that get. Um, this isn't in the news, but uh, but have you seen that like there was like a leaked video of one of them like running and working and whatever? No, is it look just like? It looks silly. I mean, it's 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 like an iPad with 
<laughs> a dual sense controller just hey. like taped to it. As long as that screen's big enough, I'll probably buy it. it. I mean, it looked bigger than the Switch. At least that's how it looked in the yeah. um, in the initial in that like leaked video. It's also unclear if like was that legit or if it was legitimately you know, like, just an iPad with a controller. It's <laughs> <laughs> our test copy. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. So Baldur's Gate three, uh, ninety five on PC again, unscored on PS five, but that's because it's not out yet. Um, next game on the Metacritic roundup here is Venba. Venba scored an 82 on the PS5, um, an 80 on the PC, an 81 on the Switch, and it's unscored on the Xbox Series X and Xbox One, although they are the game is available on both of those platforms. Uh, it's also, I believe it's on Game Pass. It, I downloaded it. It's on um, Game Pass as well. I've downloaded that as well. Haven't so played I haven't, it, I haven't, but... Yeah, me neither, um, which although I've heard it is, it is pretty brief um like like, you know one or two sittings depending on how long uh you you have with it um but this is a game um it's about like cooking um and it's it's a story about um a family from moves from south india um to i think canada yeah yeah in the 80s and they they raise their kid and and um you cook meals um like traditional south indian meals um and as the story unwinds and and whatever else but um i haven't seen a whole lot about this i saw when all the reviews went up and and how positively it was received um and i saw it was on game pass and i was like i will download this and play it so i haven't done it yet but uh i will be doing that uh in the next few weeks here yeah i think this is just one of those interesting games uh in general when you have a game that um uh kind of takes a different approach to its gameplay um because it's a cooking game but the way that you cook in it, you are kind of given these like incomplete recipes and you have to use the tools in front of you to guess what the best way or understand what the best way to cook the food is. So mm-hmm. the puzzle is not so much following the the directions specifically and getting your end result. The puzzle becomes you trying to like look at what the recipe is and what is the actual right way to make it. Um, so I think that's kind of cool. Like I'd be interested to see like if someone actually knows how to cook, um, if they're going to be really good at this game. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Um, or if it's going to be one of those things that, uh, it's maybe doesn't translate super, super well, but I just think that's an interesting puzzle, um, kind of uh, conceit about it. And, uh, I also think the fact that they're trying to get this like story about, you know, coming to Western society and understanding that and like how it can be difficult uh, trying to hold on to your roots while also raising a kid um, uh, in the, as being kind of an immigrant, I think is kind of a, an interesting enough story to get it, keep moving things along alongside the cooking. But yeah, I remember this game popped up. I forget what pre- uh, press Some conference, showcase, one of the right? showcases. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Ooh, that could be pretty cool. And it's looked interesting. And I mean, the reviews look pretty good. And if again, the, the knock on it is that it's a short game. Ain't no knock around these parts. Nope. It's friend. actually a pro because it's downloaded yeah. and I probably will play it. Unlike well, that's you, the thing, Baldur's right? Gate. Like, <laughs> like, it's so simple, like, especially because it's on Game Pass. It's so easy for, you know, if you're a subscriber, just download the game, knock it out in, in an evening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, um, like, yeah, that is the, like, you want me to play your game? Make it an hour and a half. Yeah, please make I'll it, do it. Like, accessible like, I'll for do me. It. I will, yeah. you know um so yeah so venba uh, i will uh well i think we'll, we'll talk about this maybe we'll you know what justin let's both play it 
at a certain like maybe next week or the week before let's figure it out a time let's both play it and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it how cool that sound? Uh, i'll definitely play it once i find out how to get remote play working on my xbox i currently don't know apparently i have a child's account and i don't know who my dad is <laughs> and i don't know why <laughs> um maybe we can we can troubleshoot for a little <laughs> okay, bit off there you go um <laughs> justin you play any other games this week yeah so uh, this is gonna I, i'm assuming these next three games are gonna be like the next year of my life um yep. pikmin 4 final fantasy 16 and diablo yep. 4 like those are the games that i've been kind of switching between depending on how i feel um diablo 4 is a great game to play when i'm like trying to do something else like watch a tv show um yeah. i started watching the netflix uh documentary called quarterback uh this week Ooh. which is basically they take three quarterbacks and they kind of like outline how their whole whole season was pretty interesting but not something i have to necessarily give a hundred percent of my focus to so I'll, you, can, you can listen to that yeah, i can listen you know, to it so i put diablo yeah. on just you know press the press the three buttons when my cooldowns are, are open um get through that but uh Final Fantasy 16 is a little bit more I need to focus on the story about it. Um, yeah. And then Pikmin 4 is a good like little brain tease. I'm surprised at how much I am liking that game and sure. how it's it's not like hard, but it's challenging. It's a good puzzle yeah. game about how to like make get through what you need to get through as efficiently as possible. So uh, those have been the three I've been like uh, flirting with the whole uh, week. But I started a new game. Um, that recently came out that you talked about a little bit last week called Exoprimal on the Xbox Series X. So, Justin, we're going to be doing one of our bonus episodes this week for our deluxe Patreon producers um, on Exoprimal. So we're going to talk about it really in-depth there. We'll have 30 minutes devoted solely to Exoprimal. But I want to know what your just initial thoughts are on it and and... Yeah, what do, what do you think? I haven't played it. For how long have you played it? Uh, three hours, maybe. Okay. So like, okay. just kind of like like scratching the surface with it. Um, my worries are it's going to get a little repetitive. I can already yep. tell that. Um, but there's so many good things about it. So if you don't know what Exoprimal is, uh, it's kind of like Overwatch meets... What's the one with all the bugs? Bugs? Yeah, the bugs come and, and like they are invading and you shoot them all. Oh, oh, um, yeah, like, they're like big and like, yeah. you're in like a mech suit. Um, it's, it's Earth Defense Force. Earth Defense Force. So it's like basically you're mixing those two games together, except instead of bugs, they're dinosaurs. Um, and your exosuits are the different like classes from Overwatch or the different characters from Overwatch that you get to yeah. choose from. Um, and uh, I kind of like it because the thing that it's doing that doesn't catch me in like overwatch is the drip feed of the story now the story is kind of stupid but but it's like delivered really well it's, right it's delivered in a really interesting way it's fleshing out the world every time you basically complete a, a match um there's a little progress bar that will go up and every time you beat a match you get a piece of intel it might be an audio log or a, a text thing that's read to you and you get enough of those um those pieces of documents you get a little cutscene um that you get to watch so kind of every single multiplayer game that you play you're actually building towards story progress. And it looks like there's a pretty like decent amount of story progress to get through too. Um, and 
I mean, that might be annoying if you're playing with a group and you want to stay with the group. But as someone who's just kind of going through it and enjoying it, it's really getting me to play more multiplayer matches because it's giving me story reason to other than just another upgrade. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of liking it. It feels like I have direction. It feels like there's a reason why I'm doing everything. Um, but ultimately, it's repetitive in its nature because it is just kind of this PvE VP kind of world that you're going in. But it, like, but that's the thing, though, right? Like, but for free on Game Pass, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, absolutely, like, absolutely. And I mean, I have some bigger questions for you uh, about the game that we can talk mm-hmm. about as we're playing it. But like, is this game like? What is different between this game and one of your favorite games, Apex Legends? What is different about this game and Overwatch? Um, And as I'm playing it, I'm just thinking, like, this is more similar to those games in the positive ways than it's not similar in those games. Yes, I would agree. So, I don't know. I like it a lot. I think think people um, are upset, uh, review-wise, that it's a full-price game but you're also paying for like microtransactions for cosmetics and stuff like that. You don't have to pay for them, Um, Mm -hmm. but it's very like uh, microtransaction forward in the game, even though you don't necessarily need them. Um, So I can get why people are upset by that, but the gameplay itself, a multiplayer game that comes out like this, that's running as good as this, that is as kind of like clean and fun as this. I think it's a, it's a nice little thing and yeah, it might be expensive, but it's on game pass play it there. Yeah. And I, I think, I think the thing for me is like, yeah, it's dumb. Yeah. But it's fun. Video games you know are I mean? dumb like, if like, you really look yeah. at it. Like, I mean. it's, it's the sort of thing where like it like leans really hard into what it is because it knows what it is. You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine how dreadful this would be if it like was serious? Yeah. You know oh what I mean? Like, God, it, would, yeah. it would be like like It'd be like terrible. outriders. <laughs> yes, a, a thousand percent, right? Yeah. Um but yeah, so I'm excited to talk about this more with you um, in our bonus episode. So if you're interested in that, you can um, subscribe again, patreon.com slash hitboxpod. Justin, uh, also we're going to talk more about Final Fantasy 16 story and spoilers and stuff at the end of the episode. So if you're interested in that, we're going to be um, jumping in there. Justin, before we get there and talk about the news as well, since we last talked, I played through all of Dark Souls 3. Damn. I beat the whole thing. I went through, I did all the optional bosses. I beat all of the bosses that I didn't beat on my initial playthrough. Um, I felt like it was a game worth revisiting because um, the, I, it was my first Souls game. I played it when I was a freshman in college in order to get through um, a tricky time with a tricky roommate. Uh, and I was needing something to focus on here as I've been sort of winding down and moving at the end of the month. Um, and there was a, as you know, um, bad situation with my neighbors. So it was something nice to focus on as, as that was sort of resolved. Um, but I played through the whole thing and it's really fucking good, dude. (laughs) It's like, it's like really good. Um, like, like I really, I can't speak highly enough about it. Um, but it is kind of wild how like, you know, I've, I beat Elden Ring. Like I've, I'm. I would say I'm pretty well versed in the soul series, how those games really fall apart a little bit when you understand them. Even like, like I mean, even Dark Souls three. Yes. Okay. So like, so, so because there is like, I'm not like, it's not mysterious anymore. Like, cause I know what, I know what like all the stats do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know like how to think about building a character and like, think about like, okay, well I want a shield that does this, or I want armor that does this. You know what I mean? Um, or like, I know what to prioritize in terms of like, you know, you only have four ring slots, but you find a thousand rings. Yeah. Like I know what things to prioritize and stuff. 
I'm not saying it's easy, but it's simple. It's a lot simpler than you would maybe think when approaching it for the first time. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, but is that a bad thing? No, 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 no. It's yeah, great. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's like I loved it. I like I, I like I loved it. <laughs> because it's one um, of those things that no matter when you start a Souls game, you're gonna have that experience when you first start it. Like that that yes. like I don't know what like what's around the corner. Like what do I do? What's this weapon do? Um, but eventually, you start to speak that language in a way that you don't have to relearn it that way. So it becomes more about the 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 fine tuning of your character and the and how you explore the world. Um, so your enjoyment of it is coming back home to something that you get and you know and you feel like comfortable with rather than that new scary feeling yeah yeah because it shifts right the enjoyment is is less about what you're saying about like what what's next or like what does this do you know what i mean or like what does this stat mean yeah and it is more about like like the fun of mastering having like knowing what to do you know what i mean and And going like like, oh i know how i'm gonna respond to the situation whatever and like waiting for that next enemy to fight and not being afraid of it being like ready for it like i need something to challenge me yes yes yeah um and and so like there were certain like i I breezed through most of the most of the boss fights uh in the first half of the game because like I knew how to take care of boss. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I knew what I needed to do and whatever. Um, so it was really fun though to, to approach the, the bosses that I, the optional ones that I didn't beat my first time. Um, like the nameless King, who is apparently supposed to be one of the like most difficult bosses in the entire soul series. Um, I, I think I was pretty over leveled for him cause I came <laughs> to him at the very end. Cause I was like, Oh shit. Like I totally missed this, you know? Um, but, uh, dark souls three, believe it or not, it's a good game. <laughs> Did you do the DLC too? No, so I don't have that. Okay, so okay. I just didn't do it. Um, but it's uh, it's a it's a real good game. That Dark Souls three. And it was also funny too because I still have my character from the first time I played it, uh, and I loaded that character after I finished it, and I was like, wow, wow, what I was I know doing? What I was doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like like, um, and that was fun. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And, and it was fun to to look at that sort of stuff and and like, I was just using a regular sword. <laughs> like just like a regular sword that i had you know uh uh, leveled up and whatever but like it's just so funny that now i'm like well if if i'm gonna use a weapon like that like it's got to have something to it it's got to either do bleed damage or frost damage or whatever you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. um just just so that i'm because i because now i know you know um but what what a fun thing to revisit and um also dark souls 3 is just a really good game so i finished dark souls 3 at about eight o'clock on saturday and I downloaded Sekiro. 8 o'clock a.m., I'm assuming. You stayed up all night. Stayed up all night beating the Nameless King, beating <laughs> the Lord of Cinder or whatever. So I, so I, I crack, out, crap, go, crack open the Sekiro disc case. Throw that bad boy in there. Because I was like, I've never beaten this game. I've, I've played it. But again, this is before I like really understood. Yeah, yeah. I have like... This was on Saturday and today's Monday. So I have never really gone like had such severe ups and downs with a video game. Oh before. no. Okay. I went to bed on Saturday early, which is something I never do because I was so angry. Oh at no. Sekiro. Shadows <laughs> died twice. Like just like fuck this game. I hate like like I like it was one of those things where like, I'm making the decision to walk away from this. I'm going to be the bigger person here and I'm going to walk away from Sekiro. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I will, I will, like, 
I, I like I don't know what's gonna happen, Punch but I know TV. it's not gonna be good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I played it for about two hours in the morning because I was like, you know what? I'm gonna work on this. I'm gonna try to play this game, and I'm gonna try and overcome because it's it's just different. It's just different from what I'm used to. And I um played it for about two hours and i got again so angry that i stood up i took the <laughs> disc out of my xbox and put it back in the case because i was saying to myself like i no, we're not will not yeah, we're, i'm we're, not gonna keep doing yeah, this to myself yeah and then today i had a little bit of downtime and something clicked and now i'm out here i googled i googled on saturday night before i went to bed is Sekiro bad <laughs> something that i googled previously and basically it was just a bunch of forum posts of people saying like i don't really like this uh, which i think is a fair criticism uh and then uh everyone in the comments being like i bet you're just bad at it and it's like no i think i think that like there are reasons to not like it and to to bounce off of it i think that that's like super fair um and then now i'm like is Sekiro amazing oh no <laughs> okay so why did you, why were you frustrated with it and now then why did you kind of cross that line about being like i was frustrated to loving it um the game is is really like the combat system is really suited for one-on-one fights but for whatever reason the reason is difficulty um they'll throw you in an area with like eight guys and like the basic enemies can like kill you pretty fast in that game um and then so what'll happen too is that you will get in a boss fight with an enemy who has like six regular enemies around him and it's like, what am I supposed to do about that? You know what I mean? Like, like they're all just going to attack me at the same time. I'm going to die in one second. And then the run up to the boss is going to take me a, a, like three minutes. You know what I mean? For me to last one second, you know, um, or then you go like, okay, well then I'll be like really strategic and I'll be really stealthy and I'll kill all of the en- individual enemies. And then now it's just me and the boss one-on-one and I have no practice fighting. So I get literally stomped into the ground in one second. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And so it's just like, fuck this, you know, like, I like, like, no, it just doesn't, I felt like I wasn't respecting my time, you know, um, and that I wasn't being able to practice with the tougher enemies. So I wasn't able to like understand their moves or like, even like how, like there are certain moves that like you can't block or certain moves that you are just going to have to like avoid and whatever. And so being able to read those is difficult, you know? Um, but then getting the experience to be able to read them took way too long because it's like you're gonna have four minutes in between each attempt and then when you do the attempt you're gonna try one thing and then it's not gonna work and you're gonna die and okay four more minutes you know what i mean yeah um and then also oh if you mess up in the four for the four minutes between if, as you're trying to stealth it like you might as well just die because you might as well just like start over you know what i mean because like then you're gonna have to deal with the whole thing i think that that's a very legit criticism and i think that it is like it makes sense why people don't like that but if you can push through you're gonna have some of the highest highs of your life and the lowest lows <laughs> oh that's the thing it's been like it's been like absolute again bottom of the barrel low i went to bed early because i was so angry and i yeah. had to step away as a human being i had to say this is not good for my brain and then i beat genichiro asuma or something like that one of the bosses the guy the guy who cuts your arm off in the beginning of the game okay that's that's pretty far into it isn't it, it it's like he's like the third main boss that you oh, should okay, fight okay um 
And when I played it the first time, couldn't do it. Probably spent about seven hours trying to do it. I beat him on my first try this time. Nice. And it was one of those, like, it was incredible. You know what I mean? It was just like one of those, like, wow. Maybe, maybe, like, I'm learning this. You know what I mean? Um, and it's wild because on Sunday morning, I had told myself I'm never going to play this game again. Yeah, and then you popped it out of the case. And yes, yes literally, like, li- I told myself I'm never going to play this game again. And I'm never going to beat it. But for whatever reason, I couldn't let that go. You know, I think so. My my experience with Sekiro is that um, I find with most Souls games, I start off with a ton of patience and then I persevere to about a third of the way through it. And then I lose my patience. Like there's just something about it. Like I always cross that. And I think it was very similar with this. I forget how far I got in the game, Um, but I, I played it a pretty, pretty good amount. And I liked the simplicity of the upgrade system. Yes. Um, because it felt like you kind of had the tools the whole time, and it's not like you have to like worry too much about like making a build. Well, that's the thing. Is is in Dark Souls and Demon Souls or uh, Elden Ring or whatever, if it's not working for you, go get something else. Yeah. yeah. Go, like, try something else. With Sekiro, there was one way to do it. And you, and like, you have and, it. And yeah. yeah. And you and have there, to There's do some it. things that make it different, like in your other like arm abilities, yeah. but like it's not like you can do everything without it. Um, but I really enjoyed the verticality, um, which I feel like really like continued with Elden Ring um, yes. of the world. It was them kind of exploring verticality in a way, which made it a lot different and, and feel a lot different than a Souls game. Uh, but ultimately, just came with me not feeling like I got to a boss. It was in like the I think like a wooded area. I forget where it was, but um, it just I, I didn't feel like learning their patterns anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. I was like, I'm I'm good because a lot of it is so much timing based, and I feel like this game feels more like a like a thumb timing game than a lot of the Souls games do. A bunch of people have joked like, oh, it's like a, it's a rhythm game. Because you have to like it One, kinda two, is. three, I mean, four, yeah. five You know, like counting out the, yes. the attack patterns that they're going Like, yeah, I mean, I was doing that <laughs> um, But I'm I'm like, I, I don't know Like, it just happened You know what I mean? Where yeah. I was just like, fuck this, fuck this, fuck this, fuck this Okay, I'm gonna try again Fuck this, fuck this, fuck this <gasps> Wait a second yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, I will say this though I am playing it with a guide open telling me where to go That's- Because it starts off and it's like you can go like nine different places and it's like I don't know am I going to get my ass kicked <laughs> here like like cuz it's also one of those things that like am I getting my ass handed to me because I'm bad or because I shouldn't be here you know what I mean and yeah. I found out oh one of those places I shouldn't be you know so I've been I've been following uh uh like a walkthrough in terms of like where to go and like hey make sure to do this one thing in here otherwise you're going to not be able to unlock this new area whatever you know what I mean um so I've been doing that but um I will report back about Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Um, when I initially was going to talk about it on this podcast, I was going to be like, I cannot believe how people love this game because I think it's really <laughs> bad. <laughs> and then here I am. Here I am. But but one day later being like, I think it's actually very good. So I don't know. We'll see. There's going to be more um, to that later. I'm curious, listener, what you think if you um, have played Sekiro because uh, – Basically, everyone I've ever talked to about it is like, it's incredible, but I've never heard it like the criticism of like, but also it's incredible, but also does suck like in there. And like, it's valid to think that it sucks. But um, and just to go through it, I got to Lady Butterfly. Yep. So apparently, apparently that is the fight that makes or breaks you. And I beat it today. And like, that was like, yeah, 
the moment where I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I, get, I understand. I see. <laughs> um, cause, yeah, it's just it's like it's like I'm starting. To, it, did you ever watch those Sherlock Holmes movies with uh, Robert Downey Jr.? Oh yeah, yeah. Where he's like seeing, he's like fighting, and he's like, I'm gonna punch this guy's leg because he's old and yeah. has a metal hip. That's how you like, felt. Whatever. Like that's how I feel now. You fought before like, you fought it. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, there you go. Just in the sock with the news. Let's go. Here's the big thing. This happened today. <laughs> um, you never know what's you never know what's gonna what's gonna happen. What when, you wake when, up to, you know? Yeah. So, um, rumor has had it for I don't know a few weeks at this point that uh, Rockstar, makers of video games such as. Oh, I should have had it pulled up in front of me. It would have been funny. They made some sports games, some like table tennis game for the Wii. Um, it was like, uh, hot, not Hot Shots. I forget. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It was about. like golf. Or, yeah. It was yeah, like a ping this pong. Would have been, ping pong. Yes. In, insert a funny joke about yeah. Rockstar's ping pong game. Um, obviously, they've made Grand Theft Auto. Uh, and there's been rumors that they are going to release a Red Dead Redemption uh, remastered. And... Um, they accidentally posted on their site, their website about it a few days ago. Um, so all signs were pointing to that Red Dead Redemption remastered the original game, the 2010 game, um, would be coming at some point later this year. And they announced it today. And I, probably like many other people, went, oh, cool, they announced that that Red Dead remaster. I wonder when that comes out. And then reading a little closely, uh, it is not <laughs> a remaster. Uh, it is a port. So they are porting it to the Nintendo Switch and to the PS4 and the PS5. Um and they are selling it for, I believe, 50 United States of America dollars, um, which is just wild that it's just a port. Uh, it's not going to have any of the multiplayer elements to it that was in the original. It, uh, it's not going to run at 60 uh, frames per second. Uh, it is apparently also not going to be on PC, which is pretty big. Um, so people are, are, I think, a little confused. I mean, I get like, you know, sometimes you re-release stuff, you know, but like to not to seemingly not really do anything to it is, is a little weird. Uh, it is being bundled with um, Undead Nightmare, the the zombie DLC. Um, but also it, it doesn't maybe it's not even getting a PS, dedicated PS5 right, version. Yeah, it's only PS4. <laughs> yeah. So like, I don't know, kind of weird. You know what I mean? Especially I, I think like a re-release like this makes sense. And I think it's good. I think. Uh, not to be we, we can't be hypocritical here right like we are of the mind of like put games on modern consoles to preserve them it, even if you're not going to remaster them or whatever you, you put them out to preserve them um but the other side of that is but make them accessible in terms of their price and like know what you got for fifty dollars is pretty steep for this i would say for being nothing new you know what i mean it, right and like you can uh play this backwards compatible on uh your xbox series x and it runs better doesn't it i think i mean like you just they probably have one of those like uh upgrades that they did with them like performance whatever yeah optimization so yeah it's just it's bonkers to me um that they wouldn't do more and they're charging this much i mean what's a price that you'd be okay with them charging for this well, it's interesting when you ask me that, Justin. I'm looking at an eBay listing for seven fifty. <laughs> um, so uh, that sounds pretty good <laughs> for it. You on know, Xbox. I mean, like, yeah, for Xbox three sixty. Um, I, I or you can get it for nine dollars on PS three if you want. Um, 
Fifteen dollars? Does that like that seems like a fair or twenty even? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's not a a normal price, but twenty four ninety nine would be the max I would expect for it. Yeah, um, I would say about that too. But like. I, I, it's just odd, man. <laughs> like, and like, that's the thing. It's just weird, right? Like, what? Like, why? Yeah, and like this cryptic thing that this. The, I don't know. It just makes me confused. It's not coming out for everything. Just for you know your Switch and PS4, right? Like, yeah, and I think that's the weird part too. Is like that it's not going to have a dedicated PS5 version, and, and it, you know it doesn't have a dedicated Xbox Series X version or S version. But it, you you know you mentioned it does have that um, performance enhanced. It's enhanced, right? Um, it's one of the many games that are enhanced on those consoles, right? So, like, it's just it's just weird. It's just odd. What? Why? And then for the price, it's just it's steep. Yeah, it makes you know? me, it makes so it, specifically coming off of the re-releases of GTA Three, Vice, yes. the Vice City, and uh, San Andreas, right? Those three. Yep. It's just weird. Like that was a huge miss, and it that was, was like a disaster. It was a disaster. Um, like, do we got to be worried about Rockstar? And I know, I know that GTA 5 makes money hand over fist, but it makes that money in spite of itself because trying to play that game is like trying to play the most outdated, poorly, <laughs> like, like optimized It's like they just game. built a bunch of stuff on top of yeah, it. Yeah, it's like the... And like, but the original is from 2013. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's just odd. And even like, I remember like when, when you were playing it in 2013, the game was good, but like it felt stiff then and it still feels mm. stiff now. Um, so like, are, are they going to be able to come up with a nice, clean, polished game that people are going to love? I hope. Let me say this. I think that um, fear and that reaction to this news uh, is valid and makes sense. Um, however, the port has not been developed by Rockstar. Um, the port has been developed by a company called Double Eleven. Uh, so they outsourced the port, um, which is what they did with the remasters for, or the re-releases of... Different of company though, right? Different company. Okay. Uh, Double Eleven, uh, is known for support, uh, it's a support studio, which is what they did with the, uh, um, whatever the studio was for the, for their GTA, uh, trilogy thing um double 11 known uh for supporting such incredible games like fallout 76 crackdown 3 rust console edition and minecraft dungeons so not like incredible track record you know um i mean to be honest that like in terms of like rockstar the company that makes me even less confident with them because why are they doing this like what why are they deciding that this is where they want to put their resources um you know what i mean like do they know what the gamers want? <laughs> are, um, are they I reading would, us well? I would say that it's the sort of thing where it's like they, um, I imagine just like we're told, hey, we will handle this. You will make this amount of money. Can we do this? Yes. You, like It will cost this much. You will make this much like while you are developing GTA 6 thoughts you know what i mean yeah. and, and it's just like well that's an easy decision for them right like um because you know like it is cool that this is coming to the switch you know what i mean um but yeah i don't know it's just just very weird but is a single person like excited about this like it seems like a lot of the discourse is like that seems like an odd choice <laughs> yeah i don't know let me, let me look at their original tweet let me let me see what 
the responses are like under that. I've never done this before because I value my sanity in my life. Um, <laughs> Rockstar. All right. Under the tweet, there are 8,000 responses. Slow. Um, okay. So far, not a lot of good response. Yeah, okay. Everyone is dragging this thing. <laughs> How many ads for like a, like a random medical drug or something? How many Blue Chew ads are under that? LOL. So, yeah, I mean, like, I'll say this, man, like Twitter is such a nightmare. X, excuse me, is such a nightmare just because it's all of the verified accounts. You know what I mean? Yeah. That are underneath this. And like, yeah, there are people like there are like ads for like whatever. Or there are just like this is weird. There's just like like a woman who's verified on Twitter. And it's just a picture of her in like a little golf outfit. And it says, can I play? What's happening here? What is this for? Am I supposed to click on it? Oh, okay, well, you're, you're selling stuff. But, like, yeah, the responses of, from the people under here are uh, not awesome. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Weird, odd, bizarre. But I guess after the remake situation with them, or remaster situation with the GTA games, like, maybe this is what to expect from any future Rockstar remasters. Here's something wild. Red Dead Redemption 1 came out three years before GTA 5. That's crazy. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That is insane. Yeah. Wow. Red Dead Redemption. It's fine. I played it when it came out, but I was 12. Yeah. So I don't, didn't, wasn't, maybe didn't appreciate it. Didn't understand I, it. I don't know. I think I did. Uh, I mean, interesting story. I like that. The game is fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Red Dead Redemption 2. Really good game. I play that game again. Uh, That's one of those games that I want to play, but, but the problem is it's the Baldur's time. Gates right. out. You got to play yeah. that one. <laughs> it's just like so much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so there you go. I guess that comes out, what, August 17th or 14th? Did I read that somewhere? I've already X'd out of the article. Yeah, so I've, yeah it's, it's coming it's out. Coming, it's, it'll be in the next two weeks here. You'll, you could play it should you want. Um, I might recommend picking up a used copy on eBay. Um, unless you're on the switch and then that'll be on sale eventually. Yeah. Uh, cause then also like the worry is like, is this going to be f- like functional? Uh, yeah. Why other I ones not, were not? Yeah. Just I, wait, wait. Yeah. I, I would, it's be entirely, yeah, I would wait, uh, to see what that's like <laughs> on all of those consoles. Um, specifically if you are a switch player, um, may the Lord help you, uh, square Enix apparently is disappointed with final fantasy 16 sales, uh, where it did not meet expectations in terms of its performance. Um, it, according to VGC, uh, the publisher reported its Q2 2023 earnings on Friday, during which it stated that revenue had increased around 14% year on year, but profits had dropped around 65%. Um, Justin, you had mentioned here that uh, it made the same amount as Final Fantasy VII Remake. Is that right? Yeah, the, this uh, uh, VGC article by uh, Chris Scullion at the very bottom says, uh, PS5 uh, exclusive Final Fantasy sixteen shipped and digitally sold 3 million copies within a week of its release in June, according to publisher Square Enix. The figure means Final Fantasy XVI's release sales were roughly in line with those of Final Fantasy VII Remake's launch, which managed around 3.5 million copies in 10 days, albeit on PS4, which had a larger install base. 
The last number installment, Final Fantasy XV, remains the series' fastest-selling entry with 5 million units shipped and sold digitally in the first 24 hours alone. This was across multiple platforms, however. Yeah, I mean, that was on Xbox and PC, I think, at launch, right? So, Um, uh, what do you you think of this? How does this, what do you feel? It just feels like there is, I mean, it feels like this is a, a, a issue that Square Enix is creating on themselves a little bit. Um, yeah, it's like an expectation problem, right? Right. Yeah, that their expectations are too high. And if you have people in your company saying they're disappointed with sales, yet yeah, no wonder why things are, like your shares are going to go down because people hear that and they're like, "Oh, what?" Whereas you know, you tell people that there are three million of these have been sold. I think that would be a good thing. Yeah, and and like, like <laughs> Final Fantasy is like, I would say it is it is a mainstream game, but it's not like. It's not like, I mean, it's big. Like, I'm not trying to say it's not big, obviously, but like, it's not going to be something that everyone is going to pick up. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, maybe this one a little bit because, you know, they talked about like shifting expectations because they think that like kids don't want to play like turn based RPGs anymore, um, which I don't know if I agree. I mean, I, <laughs> I did, but. I didn't have all the free games in the world that are <laughs> right, that right. exist now. You know what I mean? So like, it's hard to say, and that's obviously just my experience. Um, and they've been moving away from that for a long time. This is like, yeah, you know, yeah. like it's it's not been like a, a all of a sudden we're we're getting away from turn based. Um, but I, it almost seems like this is like some sort of marketing tactic from Square Enix to be like, we need to be on more platforms. Yeah. So either Sony give us more money for our exclusivity deals, or we are going to go multi platform and okay <laughs> well and and you know do Phil it spencer came out for the final fantasy fan fest or whatever it was when they were announcing stuff saying that you know they're looking forward to releasing things on xbox in the future and whatever so like yeah i mean i would say like i mean it, again this is just my opinion here but like yeah if you want your games to have a wider audience you need to release them in a wider scale this thing is supposed to release on pc eventually but it's only on ps5 right now you know and right. so like there's just a smaller there's just a smaller number of people who have PS5s as opposed to like multiple con, you know, like across multiple consoles and whatever. And like, yeah, also like, but even then, like Final Fantasy VII is one of the most beloved games of all time, and they yes. come up with uh, a remake of it that is like also an awesome game, and yes. it still didn't sell that much better at launch than this game. Yeah, so with like all the PS4s out there at the time of that launch. Right. So I like I don't know where the expectations are coming from to a certain point. Like these sound like um, like Sega level expectations, you know, for their games. Like, yeah. Was that who we were talking about? I mean, I feel like Square Enix is a pretty frequent offender of this of saying, like, yeah, just didn't meet our expectations. But like, so there's there's another company. Yeah. That does similar thing. Uh, They also said, I don't know where this is coming from. According to um, David Gibson, who is a senior analyst at MST uh, Financial, uh, in a now deleted tweet, apparently he said that um, Square Enix said that it is going to be focusing less on mid-sized games and more on its AAA titles. They said, focus strategy, less mid-sized, more larger AAA console games, the company said, will take several years to impact. So, like, if that's true... I don't like that personally as someone who is a fan of a lot of the things Square Enix does. Um, But like, to me, that means Kingdom Hearts, mainline Final Fantasy. That's kind of it. 
right, is going to be coming out of Square Enix, you're going to miss out on things like Triangle Strategy, Octopath 2, right? Like Near Automata, that was a mid-budget I mean, it was a triple-A game, but it was not like... I imagine it did not have the budget that Final Fantasy did, right? Or Dragon Quest did. Okay, Dragon Quest is also on there. Um, You're missing a huge game in the Square Enix catalog that is definitely a mainstream game. Are you about to... Are you, are you going to hit me with a Forspoken joke here? No, a Nier Automata. Did you not... Did you say I that? I did say that. Oh, okay, I did sorry, say that. sorry. I'm just, I'm, I, was, I was like, how dare you not mention... Well, but no, that's what I'm worried that, that a game like Nier Automata is not... Oh, you don't the, think Nier is, is one of their AAA games nowadays? I don't know. Uh, what what was its sales milestone? It just hit something recently. Because I like I would lean towards like that being. So it, go ahead. Since 2015, I think when it came out, uh, it has sold 7.5 million units. So maybe yeah, maybe it's because I think that means less of these spinoff games. Which I don't know if that's the worst thing in the world. No, I would also agree because I think like Final Fantasy, like it's probably a good idea, in my opinion, to if you if you're worried about sales and you're worried about like people not knowing like what's a mainline game, obviously, other than like the number, like I would say stop doing all the side shit and focus all your efforts on whatever is like the the next big thing. Keep doing Final Fantasy 14 because people go fucking crazy for that. But like, you know, focus, focus, right? Um but yeah, I, but but then I like I don't know like I didn't love I didn't like Forspoken right yeah but I'm glad that they made it like like some people like it right and it was also like it was not in my opinion incredible but like I, I think there's value in trying new stuff is that a triple you know A I mean? game though like would you no ass- but I would say that's a double I would say that I, I don't think that's a triple A well oh but it had a fucking huge budget didn't yeah it? that's what I'm saying like I think to them they're still viewing that as a triple A game and like. Which to me is like you're it that was a failure. <laughs> yeah. It just it, like I, I just I guess I'm saying like I think that Square Enix puts out a lot of good stuff. Yeah. That if they say that they're not that they're only gonna focus on their biggest stuff, then like I worry that um you're gonna miss out on a lot of that incredible stuff. I mean like they, they, they published like what was it, Live Alive, right? And like mm-hmm. that remake or whatever that was. And like, hey, I I don't I don't think that should go away, <laughs> you right. know, because also I think like even if Final Fantasy isn't going to be doing um, turn based RPG, JRPG stuff anymore, like the other smaller titles that they do make have been fantastic turn based JRPG stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I just I'm looking yeah, back. Uh, so Forspoken, I remember them saying that their sales have been lackluster. This is Square Enix saying that yeah, about yeah. Forspoken. Um, I don't know. I mean. Maybe they should just start, you know, numbering their Final Fantasies to make more sense, and that'll help with sales. Just number all, or do that, or just do the spinoffs and just number all of them. Or, yeah, I was trying to explain this to like my wife about like I didn't Good play all the other Final Fantasies before it, and when I brought out Final Fantasy X and Final Fantasy X two, she's like, "What?" <laughs> I when I remember being a kid and I said Final Fantasy X two. And my mom tried to correct me. She's like, you mean 12? And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> it is 10 dash the number two. It is little X do you know. dash two. <laughs> hey, so Peter, what's um, your favorite number? Uh, 10 two. <laughs> yeah, my, uh, X two. <laughs> yeah, you know, X two. Um, Justin, today uh, we got a developer showcase from Devolver Digital. Announcing all the things that have been delayed into 2024, which yeah. um, Devolver Digital is a fun company. Yeah. I, like they always, they always make they fun little it. like 
little little trailer for their things. Um, but so they announced uh, a bunch of stuff has been delayed into 2024. Um, some notable things here are the Plucky Squire, a game that I personally was very much looking forward to. Skate Story, um, uh, 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 ooh, Pepper Grinder, uh, Gumbrella. No, a- no, 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 no. Oh, did they not get to? Oh, so, nice. yeah. Oh, no. So the they start off like going through the list at the very top, and then at the end of the direct, they go through games that weren't uh, delayed. Which oh yes, okay, yes, you're right. Is such a very complicated way of doing this whole thing. Like you literally look at like the write ups that websites have been doing about this. It's like a huge write up, and it was literally like a, what a three minute video. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, like how, like how silly is that? But they start off talking about, and and it's all about spin too. It's like 2024 is going to be a great year because all of these games are moving to 2024. So they start off like trying to like do the spin cycle with all this stuff, mm-hmm. and then afterwards they're like, oh, but don't worry, 2023 still has these great game com- games coming, and that's where they bring up uh, Gunbrella, uh, something Talos Principle Two, Talos Principle Two, something with magic and something. Um, I should the know. Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood. Yeah, you know. Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood. Can I tell you something? That's a fucking incredible name for a video game. Because <laughs> I am in. What do you mean by that? You know what's what going like, on? Like, if it's a three what? to four hour game, I am freaking in. Exactly. Yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this, this, uh, the, is, this, is this like a Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants? I'm watching, kind of the, I'm watching a clip from it. I still couldn't tell you. Does it look good? Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm not, I don't even know like, oh, what it is. Like it like a card game. Then it's like a... Visual novel? Yeah, who knows. Um, I want to play this game. Okay. Well, it's coming out this year. When? This guy's wearing a Hotline Miami hoodie. 2023. Yeah, well, I mean... Um, August 16th? That's soon. Oh that's my. like next week. Uh-oh. You're that's gonna, next Wednesday. Yeah. Sorry. Sor- that's next Hitbox Day. Sorry. Um, maybe we can play that live on stream and explain everyone what the fuck it is. <laughs> yeah. The Cosmic <laughs> Wheel Sisterhood. I want this game. Okay. Who do, who who do I reach out to? The, you, 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 all you have somewhere. to do is put the energy uh, out no, there, and the I, Cosmic Sisterhood will explain. Can't take, I mean, like not not to. I I have contacts with. Um, Annapurna don't have any with Devolver Digital. Ah, uh, you should. They, they seem they seem like yeah, cool they people. Seem, they seem like they're down. Like a good hang. There would be a down good hang. Down to clown. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, down to clown by, you know, like they got games with clowns in them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so creepy. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. Um, Joel and Ellie. You know him. You love him. Oh, so much. They make me feel so many things. Mm. Those two. So many, so many emotions. What a spectrum of emotion. Almost as many emotions as Sekiro Shadows Die Twice makes me feel. Hashtag Joel was right. Hashtag with, in regards to what? <laughs> His love of coffee. Yeah. Yeah, he did, didn't he? And he says as he drinks a big old swig of his coffee at <sighs> 648 in the afternoon. And it's the good stuff, too. It's the stuff that, that makes me spin on my head. So. Is that oh. your, black de- your black death coffee? Oh, yeah, death wish. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Um... So uh, uh, Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson um, have apparently recorded new dialogue um, as Joel and Ellie. And when those headlines were going around, I was like, hmm. and then I click it. <laughs> I clicked on the article. I clicked on the link. They got me. All right. They got me. And it's like for a Universal Studios Halloween ride or whatever the fuck. <laughs> no. So it is a like a haunted house. 
So yeah, so for Universal Halloween Horror Nights, they do Universal Studios like stays open late into the night, and you go and you do like horror experiences. So they'll do it for like the Mummy or like a Frankenstein thing. So they have recorded some stuff for, um, for like a haunted house for The Last of Us. Which, as someone who doesn't like haunted houses, I would go to this. I know that you love haunted houses. I know that your first date with your wife. Was that a haunted house? Yep, we've we've gone um, to haunted houses every year on our anniversary, or like around that's it. That's very sweet. Uh, like a di- like a different one. So maybe this year, every, any other plan we have, we're just gonna fly straight to Universal Orlando, go to a haunted house starring Joel and Ellie. Which, by the way, it's great that Troy Baker um, and uh, what's her, uh, you just said it, Ashley Johnson. Ashley Johnson. Memory fart here. It's great that they're doing it, but don't you think the masses who have like become last of us fans because the tv show are gonna be like who are those two (laughs) yeah it is one of those things right where like the last of us is an extraordinarily popular series in video games and and now exactly right is that the guy who hung out with david (laughs) 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 you know like like like, you are totally right right where it's like where which which way do you go with this and i guess like it would be one of those things, though, that's a pretty easy explanation. I don't think anyone who watched that show is, like, surprised that it's based on a video game, right? Like, that was, like, so much of the buzz around it. So that it's an easy explanation of, like, who is that? Oh, they voice them in the game. Got it, you know? Um, but so, uh, yeah. So uh, it seems this seems interesting. I got a question for you. Like, what would you want in a Last of Us haunted house? Clicker, obviously. Yeah. Do, do, do people like, okay, so I don't know anything about haunted houses because I can't go to them because I will black out and pass out. <laughs> on um, like, in a haunted, in your ideal haunted house, is there other like people in costume like screaming and scaring you, or is it all just like animatronic stuff? Uh, I don't know how the again, people are pretty much the only way that they get scares out of me um, because okay. they're the ones who are like actually like moving and like doing jump scares with you. Yeah, yeah. Like, the animatronics are gen- are generally not scary, but it's like I'll, whenever I go in a room, I'm like, are you an animatronic or a human? And that's like my first question I always like think about and they like make a loud noise or something. But um, so one thing with haunted houses is they often have like a story attached to them. Like if you go Mm. online and read all the lore of the Statesville haunted house, RIP Statesville, um, they come up with this whole like thing that once you're going through the haunted house, it doesn't really (laughs) it doesn't the environmental storytelling really isn't there in the same way that they're trying to do it. Um, But I mean, you definitely have uh, parts in there that. It might not be like the spookiest haunted house everywhere, but you just have a couple clickers making sounds. Like you have like a bloater come in, you have them shoot stuff at oh, you. Oh, sure, sure. They have like you go through the cordyceps part. Like I think there's enough there, a cannibal room. I'm sure they could have that, you know, happening. Eesh, yeah. Um, so I think they could do it, and I think it'd be pretty interesting. Do you like fight a bear in The Last of Us? If not, you should. That should be a DLC. It feels like you did, but you don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, what's that stupid motorcycle one? Uh, days gone. Days gone. You should play that if you have a good forty-five hours of mainlining that story. I don't, but I do have twenty hours for Dark Souls Three, and <laughs> probably about thirty hours for Sekiro. Um, I didn't realize that Statesville. I'm on their website. It says their time at Statesville Prison has ended, but their story continues at Hell's Gate Haunted House. Hell's Gate, by the way. So Statesville, for the longest time, used to be like my favorite haunted house. It was um, like intense, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. It was just well done, and it was, like just, it was just like a really good. Yeah, it was a good like, haunted house. Yeah. It was, you felt like you got your money's worth. Um, but Hell's Gate, really good. That one, it's like you literally get on a bus and you drive like 
10 minutes to this haunted house on a school bus. <laughs> And then you're in the middle of the woods. You feel like you're in a different place. And then you go through the haunted house. And like between the haunted houses, there's like a forest walk that they have some scares in that takes you to the other part of it. It's really good. Highly recommend. Um, Hell's Gate in Lockport. I'll say it's Lockport. If you, you know, it sounds sounds about right. Yeah, We Um, we can rank the haunted houses we've gone on in a bonus episode soon. Here's my list. Um... I went to one when I was a kid, and I just fucking, I couldn't, I had to leave. I had to turn around, I had to leave. One of the the, the zombie, uh, human zombies had to, like, escort you out, and it was even more traumatizing. <laughs> it was pretty bad, man. Oh, I, Like, it was pretty bad. Uh, I just don't, like, I just don't do well in a yeah. situation like that, because I'm always ready, you know what I mean? And also, like, my, my fight or flight, I'm a fight, and I can't turn that off even if I know it's fake, you know what I mean? I just see you, like putting like baby oil over yourself before you get in and everyone's like, why, why, why are you doing that? And it's like, so I can get away from the zombies. Like, oh yeah. So, so, so I'm slippery. slippery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I would probably go to a last of, I would probably buck up and go to a last of us haunted house, but oh yeah. Um, sniper fire Justin, overhead. You ducking around. You got to duck. You, you got to make sure that they don't see, hear you. Yeah. Going. Justin, let's talk about final fantasy 16, please. That's a great game. I know that we've we talked about it a little bit already, but yeah. I'm curious. Uh, spoil! Oh, hey, um, if you don't want to hear spoilers for Final Fantasy 16, uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of the main plot. Um, so if you are not uh, interested in hearing that, um, we will bid you adieu at this point in the episode. You know, uh, a Discord server link in the description. Uh, Patreon.com/slash/hitboxpod. One dollar podcast producer. Three dollar deluxe podcast producers. Jane Day Parker. Join the ranks. Bonus episodes, 30 minutes every week. Twitter, at HitboxPod. Rank the show on the, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to this. You know all of the beats. There you go. We'll catch you next week if you're not interested. If you are, Justin, let's talk Final Fantasy 16. Go. Where are you? Okay, what happened? So I How do you ju- feel? I just got to the point where um, you, you fight Hugo Kupka. Yeah. And you, you know, you're fighting Kupka. him. And he gets all like roided out and starts punching you and stuff. And then you like take your sword and you like cut his hands off. And then he's like, oh, what are you doing? And then he's like, like on the ground. And then you're mm-hmm. about to like kill him. But then some hooded guy takes him with one hand, which I thought was a flex, um, and takes his body away. And then you kind of like leave at that point. Um, and then Real I also. Quick, if you're if you're Clive, wouldn't you make it your priority to say. I'm going to actually kill him now. <laughs> right. Like, he, there's like, enough like, time. I'm not going to let you walk away. For, yes. Right. There, there was, was so enough much time. time to, like, walk over to him and, like, give him a little stabby stab in the back. But, yes, you know, he was too yes. busy brooding in a corner or something like that. I don't even know what he was doing at that point. Kupka. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's where I got, uh, basically. And I did a little bit afterwards. Like, I helped Sid's daughter build her workshop. Um, did... She just shows up and then everyone knows who she is. I had to look up who she was. Was she in in the beginning at all? No, they there's a there's a couple of moments where Sid's writing letters to his daughter. Um so Oh yeah, okay. So she's referenced, you never see her, but like enough and that I I at first I was like, Who are you? And then kind of immediately I was like through the dialogue, like, oh wait, you're okay, Sid's daughter. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Um but so I don't know, like I am enjoying the game. I'm still Mm -hmm. incredibly into this story. And in fact, that's like 100% of why I keep playing. The combat keeps getting better. Um, 
and like they keep doing stuff that is pretty interesting and then they just don't come back to it. Like the part where they have like, at least where I've played all of a sudden the characters start having these magical shields that you got to break. Oh yeah. That shows up sometimes. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, it's like a, a mechanic that I wish would come up more. Um, but I was initially like afraid that it would be a very linear game and it's still a linear game, but there's still like open world areas that you can go through and explore that yeah. are actually pretty interestingly connected to each other. Um, I started doing the um, high target hunts or the beast hunts oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. And like actually finding those had made me explore in a way that I'm like, oh, this world is actually pretty, pretty open. And to the point where it's like an open world, like near Automata is an open world. Yeah, it's open, yes. but there's not like a ton of stuff to do throughout the whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the side quests are kind of stupid at first, but like. Eventually, here's the problem with the side quests. They start off on probably the worst foot I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, in any video yeah. game. Like they are like terrible. And by the time you get to where you're at is when they start becoming interesting. Yeah, and, and you're just finding out more about the world and the characters and like your it's doing a good job of making Clive a more likable person because there's so many times when it's like what the hell are you doing here Clive and he's like I'm I'm helping you out and you're like but okay, yeah, sure. Like it just how he's like interacting with these people and like a known figure and they don't call him Clive because they all think he's Sid, which is weird. Um and like I wish the side quests would more often lead to a better result. And what I mean by that is there are certain side quests that you go on that you get upgrades to your health flasks or you're a chocobo that you can ride around, which is a fucking cool reveal when your dead chocobo comes back. Yeah, that was awesome. Do you Um, ride that ever? No, because I (laughs) I tend to just fight things when I see them or fast travel to points. Sometimes I might, but I still like just engage in combat wherever I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's other ones. We get like weird crafting materials and I wish they were more intentional about you do the side quest, you get this item that you only get in the side quest that you use to get this weapon or for this upgrade. So there was more of a direct purpose about doing some of these side quests. And I think they could do it because they're clearly doing stuff when they're slowly making your character more built up as you're going. Um, it just, it does. It seems more random with your rewards than it, I feel like it could have been. I'll give you a little hint, though. Do you know about this? Um, there are two types of side quests in the game. The pl- there are side quests that have a plus, plus sign yeah, yeah. on the marker, and that will be any of the like substantial like permanent upgrades. So like you can hold more health items, or you get a chocobo, or whatever. Um, and then the other ones are, are just random bullshit but uh, no i i think i've no i think i noticed that language because so far the only ones i did that gave me something were the chocobo and the health upgrade one there's like none for the first 80 percent of the game and then there's like all of a sudden there's a ton all in a row yeah but even then it's not that i don't want to do the other side quests i just wish there was more of a reason other than just dialogue reasons usually yeah, that's like fair. Yeah. i think the reward system needs to be better because right now every time i get a weapon it's just like this one has higher stats the only thing I'm kind of like flirting back and forth with are my, my talisman sometimes because those actually do things that require me to like change and like can kind of change how my character like fights and stuff. But like in terms of swords, you just get the one that has bigger numbers. Yep. Slashes, bigger numbers and stuff. So either make you get like more unique weapons that give or uh, items that give you more buffs because they could do the same thing. Like this is the sword that makes your Phoenix or abilities stronger. This is the sword that makes your 
um, uh, electric uh, abilities, like stronger stuff. So that's the only thing that I'm kind of like about with it. Even if the side quests themselves are just generally talk to a person, go here, kill the swarm of bees, go back. Like that's fine. It breaks up the story enough that I don't mind it. Um, And the combat, like, as I said, it's like the more of the icons you get, the more fun it is. Because at a certain point, I was like, oh, you're just going to get four different abilities that you can cycle between in a battle and use all those, like, cooldowns. But then it's like, oh, wait, once you get your fourth one, you can only have three icon abilities open at once. Then you have to start thinking about, well, I want to master this skill because I really like this wind ability, but I can only have this wind ability if I have my wind power, but I don't really like the wind power as much. So, like, actually, like, thinking about what the best way in your uh was it six ability slots to get the abilities that you want has been interesting enough for me to keep me interested in the customization of my character i guess you could say but if you do master a skill you can assign it to any icon yes yeah, yeah that's what i mean so like it, oh, it's, oh, oh, it's oh, making me want to focus on that ability now so i upgrade it then i master it then i can move it somewhere else because i don't mm-hmm. want to have the stupid uh i hate the electric um uh, it's terrible. B power is that the the, the circle B button power, power the circle where you like power. It's stupid. Tar- target them, I, it's and terrible. I keep targeting it by accident because I think yeah. I have something. It's it's the most annoying one. So, but I love his electric powers because they're so strong. So mastering his, his those, ultimate one is really good. Oh, is it? Yeah, which just like just a giant lightning bolt that just destroys this entire okay, <laughs> area. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll make sure I I uh, focus in that one, but. So I'm really liking it. And I think the story is interesting. I like where it's going. I like how epic it gets. When you have that mo- the moment uh, story beat when Sid dies, like I felt like that was like halfway through the game, I guess. But apparently it wasn't even close because they have this big like world state change at that point. That is to me the halfway point of the game. Oh, is it? Like, yeah. Oh, good. Um, I was also surprised that like. Uh, you know, like, there's this problem, I think, with a lot of like, um, like power scaling stories where like everyone's like super powerful and like can like get hit a bunch where like I didn't understand that Sid got killed <laughs> uh, <laughs> because like uh, like uh, until like halfway through the scene where I was like, oh, is he fucking dying? Yeah. What? Because it was like, well, they get a hit by giant blasts all the time. Why yeah. is this specific giant blast so poor, well, powerful? You know what I mean? It, what they do with these whole icon abilities in the game is actually kind of brilliant. Because not abilities, the, the how the what do they call the dominance when they like soup mm-hmm. up and they go like into their actual like creature, their icon. Yeah, um, priming is it's called. What is it called? Priming. Priming when they prime. Um, I love how that comes at a cost. So you only go into your beast mode when it is like absolutely necessary to do because it's literally killing you oh yeah so like when sid like you saw him he had his hand covered because he was getting more and more of the of the rot from using too much of the of his abilities and stuff and that he was already weakened enough that him going into this his final form or or whatever priming was like a choice that he made like this could be the last time i can do this this is going to put a big strain on my body but i need to do it right now and then he gets hit right away still is able to kind of like help clive out but then like ends up like dying because he was weakened and then his like as in his icon form he got like hit really hard so like i was like why doesn't like Efrit just come out at every moment like that would make sense and part of it's probably because it's like clive's body is like not just doing that to get out of every situation like in the fight in the fire fight in the volcano when you're fighting that big fire thing like he didn't come out mm-hmm. he tried to control him but he couldn't but also yeah did he need to 
So I don't know. It's also funny. It's funny to me too. Is that after the time skip or before it? That's after. Bef- after, yeah. yeah. Or before. That's, that's after. No, that's before. That's the no, no, no. Sid happens like really early. It's like you beat, you destroy the first crystal, and then the time skip happens. Then you're in the desert for a little bit. Then you go and do Jill's whole thing. Oh, oh, I thought Jill's whole thing was with, with Sid too. Yeah, so that is after, and it makes me laugh. That I'm like, Clive, you've been, you've known that you have an icon inside you for like, at this point, like six full years. You haven't even tried to like control it, to like control it or like learn but it. And isn't like, that oh, part whatever. of it? They don't control it because it hurts them. So they only use it when they have to use it. I guess. Um, I guess. I don't know. Like, I think that like. That is an interesting concept, but it really doesn't come to play that much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like narratively, like like it's one of those things where like, oh yeah, that would be cool, but then they just like don't really touch on that, you know, or, or whatever. I, it makes it makes sense, like when you're fighting Hugo, why he doesn't power up into the Titan because, like, he didn't need to all the way. Yeah. Or didn't um, think he did. But it's also so it's weird to me too, though, because I didn't understand this, and and it is like explained in a single line of dialogue. <gasps> I'm gonna sneeze. <coughs> That is a genuine hitbox sneeze. Ooh, that's not coming out. You should have done that. You should have done that right in the mic. (laughs) Right into the microphone. Perfect soundbite for that. I just cleaned my pop filter. Ah, so Um, that would have been the reason why. Yeah, yeah. Wow, genuine hitbox sneeze. Um, This is explained in a single line of dialogue at the very end of the game, and I was wondering it the whole time. I thought that Clive stole the powers of other dominants. In order to make them his own. Uh, he doesn't. Or he does. He does he all he does and he also does not. Sometimes he does. <laughs> and then he basically says, like, that when he steals the power, like it'll either steal the power all the way, or it will make it so that the dominant can't control the icon when they prime. But it's just not true. Like, like, like there are several times where that sort of stuff happens after so where, where the bad guy powers up as the dominant or as primes and then does control <laughs> their dominant, their, their icon. I don't know. It's just like, it was such a, it's such a weird thing that like, I thought the premise was that he steals their powers. Cause then, uh, what's her name? Uh, Benedicta can't, she can't prime. And then she does. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just weird. And, and like, um, Spoiler alert, you are not done with Hugo yet. And with a name like Hugo Cupka, you got to kill him like straight up. And he's fucking Titan. That's going to be a fun fight. Right. But you know what I'm saying? Like, like, but you've stolen his power. You have Titan, right? Yeah. So, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's, it's very weird to me that like the rules were so undefined. And then again, it's clarified in a single line of dialogue, like towards the end of the game. And then even then, um, not to spoil anything, but like they break the rules immediately after that happens too. It's just it's just odd to me. I don't know. Um, you said there was a moment in the game. Did I hit it yet? Where you start not liking the story? Yeah, it's it's the time skip. Oh, really? Why does that um, ruin it for you? It's just that it all it, it like all leads to a bunch of stuff, and then I okay maybe I did forget that this stuff with Jill is after the time skip because I did like that, but um. Without uh, like, I'm not I'm not gonna spoil the game for you, but can I just like say yeah. a little bit? Can I speak a little candidly? I hope you enjoyed the story with Jill because that's the last you're getting of her. 
um, you can have one more scene with her if you choose to hang out with her at a certain point later in the game. Um, and there's like one side quest for her, but like, that's it. <laughs> You've got another 20 hours and she's going to say nothing, have no opinions and feel nothing. Mm. Um, after the time skip, or maybe just after the thing with Jill, I find that most of the characters remain completely stagnant from here on out. Their goals pretty much are unchanging. Um, the goal, like, cause now you, they have the goal of, we're going to destroy the mother crystals. Right. And like, that was kind of the goal when Sid was around, but like now it's like Clive is in charge of doing that. That is pretty much going to be it. Like that is all he's going to think about for the rest of the game. And some big things are going to happen. And you're going to wonder what he thinks about that, or if that's going to impact him at all or any of the characters. And the answer is just no. Whereas I felt like in the first half of the game, they are really malleable and they are like their characters are really interesting and, and well-developed and do change because of events and whatever else. But I mean, I think at least to me at this point, like I'm so interested in like the global conflict a little bit. Like I keep thinking whenever they, they uh, go back to the emperor and duchy or whatever of uh, the empire or whatever, the bad guys, Rosaria, it's not it's not quite Rosaria anymore. It's the emperor who took over Rosaria. It's like your mom and her Oh, she's with she's with um 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 She's with Dion, who's the who's Bahamut. No, um, the, ba, that's the son. Right, right, right. No, but, yeah, yeah, but that's he's that the, whole group. That's the Empire. Like, um, I, uh, d- uh, 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 yeah, go on. Like I'm interested in that like part of the story. And I'm interested like how they do those weird things with the Nine Tails lady, how she like explains like, well, this is the context of this fight. So what became like a weird cutscene when you first saw that whole Bahamut fight becomes much more interesting once you start to get the context and understand like all that stuff. And it kind of feels like a lot of how they have like woven the story together. Yeah. You're still following Clive and his story, but it's this larger like global thing that you're kind of getting to. And I'm assuming at some point you and Joshua get back together and that whole Ultima thing happens with the weird creepy guy that he possessed or whatever. Um, So like, I'm still interested enough in all of that to find out what those answers are. Even if Clive remains just, he already got through his character arc when he decided he accepted that he was Ifrit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sam Breek, by the way, I believe. Okay, okay. Is that them? Or is it e- Walud? No, Sam Breek. Sam Breek, Walud yeah. is... is um, Vampire Sam Breek. Odin. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, yes, I agree. And I do... Like, there is going to be more of the political stuff that's going to come into play, um, especially with Sam Breek. But I... F- think it is ultimately um a little bit of a letdown for me because also um and and we can talk about this more once you've actually beaten the game uh a lot of what i think makes is interesting about the story is like the political stuff and is also like with the role that bearers have and because their whole goal is we're going to destroy the mother crystals and bearers are going to be free right um but that kind of falls to the wayside and, and all the other, like, um, the political stuff that you've spent so much time getting invested in, in my opinion, ultimately doesn't mean anything for where the story goes. And I find that to be frustrating because you spend so much time learning about the in- ins and outs of these different countries and, like, their relationships to other countries and, like, who is in charge and, like, the different, like, cust- like cultures there and whatever um, that ultimately just doesn't matter. Yeah. And, and like I said, we'll talk about it more when, once we get further, once you, you've finished it. Um, 
but that that is that's where my disappointment lies because I'm with you and I do think that stuff is interesting. I think it's handled really well. Um, but when it stops being the Game of Thrones stuff and just becomes more of a Final Fantasy game, it makes me wonder like why'd you guys even do the Game of Thrones stuff to begin with if you didn't care? You know, uh, not to like ruin the the game for me. Is that yeah. are you talking about Final Fantasy like God and Ultima? Yeah. Okay. That, like that, like that stuff will will is a big part of what is like going on in the story um but it's like almost entirely removed from the political stuff of what country is doing what and who's there and who's pulling the strings and whatever else okay okay um yeah so i, I yeah and i'm not trying to ruin the story for you i'm not trying to do anything like that um but it, it's one of those things where like in retrospect i'm just like sitting here like so what did that all mean <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah um which is just it's a little disappointing because i do think it is interesting and i think it's handled well and in, in, in an interesting way but don't it, you this you don't have to necessarily spoil it to answer this question yeah. do you think this story is done better than final fantasy 7 remake no no what about final fantasy 15 i don't rem- like Someone told I once saw I saw a cutscene of them as like they all had beards and they were older. You don't remember them when they, like, they come back in the future? And I was like, like yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I don't remember. remember I don't that remember that moment. That Speaking of flashbacks, you flash. You start at a certain like earlier in the game. You're there, and then you flash. It's stupid. Fucking and you stupid. flashback for like ninety percent of the game, right? It literally felt like they got to a certain point in that game, and they're like, "Oh shit, we got to finish this game. Let's just put you on a train and fight this ice beast for no fucking reason." Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because um, I don't know. I think Final Fantasy seven, the remake stuff, I think what hurts that story is at the very end, it gets a little odd with what they're trying to do to a point where I don't even think you realize, like at first when you first realized it, like the changes that they made and what that meant, like it was a much, much more ambiguous that I'm kind of afraid where they're going next, that they're just going to like, though. You're forgetting that I didn't finish it. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, did you watch the final cutscene? No, but do you remember this? Like, this was, I don't know, a few weeks ago. I was like, you can just spoil this because I have had three okay, years yeah, to yeah. complete this video game, yeah. and I just haven't done it. Yeah, I will yeah. play it eventually. Like, once the new one comes out, I'll let you play it. Because it's confusing. Um, I, I did like it, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Uh, but no, I, I think that, like... I just think that the thing that burns me hardest about final fantasy 15 or 16 is that it has all the makings of something that I think could have been really, really, really good, but then it just doesn't do anything with it. Does that make Story sense? or gameplay? Both story. Okay. Uh, cause the, the gameplay is fine. Like it's, I, I think it overseas is welcome cause it's just not varied enough, but like, yeah, it's fine. So I asked you, um, like I'm at this part, how far am I in the game? You said about halfway through. And I was like, mm-hmm. I think I said, fuck, or I sent you the uh, yeah. jumping off a bridge emoji. Yeah, yeah. From Game of Thrones. Hopefully. I, was, I thought that. that's what yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, but I say that because I want to finish this game before I go back to, to work. And I don't yeah. think that's going to fucking happen. <laughs> um, let me let me look hold on because and i've been like i have an ign guide open that has all of the missions the main story missions oh yeah and i think i have like 16 left and i've done like 30 something oh yeah it's like out of like 45 or something like that but also like i 
don't know how much longer some of these missions are because the first ones were really quick and did have a bunch of side quests and now I'm doing all the side quests because I kind of want to at least finish it so I never have to go back. Um, I mean, for me, the game overstayed its welcome. There is about what I imagine if you listen to all the dialogue and whatever about a three hour stretch of r- doing random errands for mid that you can skip all of. I mean, unless you love mid as a character. Um, I mean, she was, I, she was real. She was so much context was given when I first met her that I fell but in she love. She just shows up and you was you're just I like, I was like, who is this? I love, he goes, he looks at her and he just goes mid. And I was like, damn Clive. Wow. Clive, Clyde, Clive, Clive or Sid. Is it true? Sid. But she's just like mid. And I was like, whoa, dude, what the fuck? You can't just say that to someone. <laughs> I will say though, this game has a um a lot of shocking ponytails. <laughs> Where when you see the uh, like a woman character from the front, it's like like, oh, she's got a regular haircut. It and turns you get, around like, the reverse longest shot. braid you've ever seen. Insane. Um the the woman who runs the infirmary at the hideout too also has just a crazy ass ponytail. Oh. Um and uh, uh i mean uh, uh what's her name kind of had jill kind of has one yeah which is it's just really long but it's like it looks regular where it where like her hair is like long throughout her whole like head whereas both mid and whoever runs the po- the the uh infirmary they turn around and you're like whoa <laughs> <laughs> you're but, a different person yeah uh well i will be interested to hear more about uh what you think about this game as it goes on and its story um because yeah like like i think the political intrigue stuff does stay interesting for a while longer um but it it will eventually just stop um is your mom possessed you can say yes or no uh no what about the little kid demon that she has i don't know is that a yes yes okay yes <laughs> okay you know um <laughs> But I hope you are not looking forward to the answers of why and how, because you will truly not be getting many. Okay, great. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't want to spoil it. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about the mom, and um, yeah, so that's all I'll say. Cool. And so I'll be interested to hear what you think. And and the thoughts are like just like fuck. I can't believe this is how this was handled. How you and dealt with that. No, she's yeah. just racist. That's all. That's all it is. She's just she's super racist. She's a terrible person. Like, is that, but isn't that interesting though? At, like, at least a little bit. Like, oh, she's just really prejudiced against people who are not. You know what I mean? She's just very prejudiced, and I think that would be an interesting story if they explored it. But they just don't. Nope. Oh, okay. Well. Um. So there you go. Final Fantasy 16, and there you go. Hitbox. 156. Final Fantasy cannot catch us. 154. I, I, lied. Was, like, I was like, oh no. Oh no, school I, I, started. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> 54. 154. Uh, 56 will be in two weeks. Two weeks. Uh, thank you so much for joining us for another wonderful edition of Hitbox, a podcast, the only gaming news podcast on the planet, believe it or not. Um, we will be back next week with uh, even more gaming news. In the meantime, you can remember to wait. I don't need to say all this. I said this before we talked about Final Fantasy 16. So I'm not gonna, you guys know what's, what's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to insult your intelligence by repeating that you can join our discord server. The link to that is in the description of this episode by repeating that if you want to become a fly, uh, a $1 Patreon, p- p- fuck, if you want to become a $1, you know what I'm trying to say? I'm not going to insult your intelligence doubly by reciting it all. Jane old Dave Parker, although they are, they, they have to get a shout out. They're the real ones. Yeah. They're real ones. They're, they're re- truly the realest of yeah, the real ones. Yeah. 
Um, well, we'll catch the two of them in the bonus episode for this week. Um, and we'll catch you, listener, in the bonus episode of this week if you got $3 in your pocket that you want to give us. If not, that's fine. Twitter, Hitbox Pod, Rank, Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever other app you might be listening to it. If they have like $3, it might be hard to get it to us. Uh, in your pocket? I guess I meant like in your pocket in a credit card in your pocket. <laughs> Let's or just, like in a, in a debit card. You can know? we just get rid of money and just go to all, you know, no, card? No more money at all. Well, no, no I meant like no the, money the at cash all. money and just go all with I'm, your... I'm done with all money. Let's just be... Let's just... I didn't ask to be born. Uh, Why do I have to pay for food? Uh, you want to talk? You want to talk politics? Well, you want to talk Final Fantasy politics? I could talk politics. If, if you have the right forest, you never have to pay for food. It's true. It's, How do I get the right forest? I, I don't know. There's probably like places you can hunt for for fun. If you know how to fish, you know. Te- you can eat give forever. a man a fit. Yeah, yeah, we get, give a man. <laughs> yeah, we got there. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. I'll always remember, old games are old. Bye, bye.